baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, what a day it's been, Amy. We uh, started off the show talking about the TikTok situation with Osama bin Laden's Letter to America, which somehow people in their 20s are just now discovering. And, uh, and I guess maybe even in thirties, in, in their 30s. But it's I, I don't know if this is a greater societal issue or if this is just speaking to a handful of young people, a small percentage of young people who do watch TikTok and do get their news from it, that they can now suddenly have a revisionist history of who Osama bin Laden is and was. Well, and there is, there are two ways to look at this. I think both are valid. One, yeah, it's an issue when content is being moderated Content on the world's largest social media platform and your country's largest social media platform is being moderated by a geopolitical adversary, meaning China. And that's a problem, the Chinese government. Uh, the second part is, where are we failing in our education that these people are reading Osama bin Laden's letter to America and thinking, this is making me rethink my entire worldview? I did talk about how I do think, especially in institutions of higher learning in the world of academics, there is very in vogue to have a bit of self-loathing specifically for the United States or Western civilization. And I think a lot of that is based on this ideology that if you are in power or if you are successful, you are both fundamentally bad because all of your power and success was built on the backs of other people or, you know, oppressed people or colonizers, that type of thing. And that if you are successful and if you are in power, you cannot be wronged because those in power cannot be wronged. So there's no such thing as injustice against those in power. And that's why when you have that ideology and then you read Osama bin Laden's letter to America, you see him as the victim and his actions as justified. That's scary if that's the ideology these people have. It is. I have to think, though, at this point, we're not talking about a a significant percentage of even young people. I would have to believe that most young people who did hear about 9-11, if they were too young to remember it or weren't mm-hmm. alive for it, because we have a, 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 an entire generation of people who were not born when it happened, which Someone is said, wild to say. Yeah, like if you're 27, if these people are 27, they were like in kindergarten yeah, you're, when it, it happened. And when you're that young, you don't really know what's going on. So all the way up to the age of 30, you have very minimal knowledge of it. You, do, you certainly don't have any emotional knowledge of it because you don't know what it felt like to be around at that time. You can be versed in these things by reading about it. I think a small percentage of people are probably getting that, young people, are getting that news from TikTok or learning about this from TikTok. I hope it's not representative of an entire generation yeah. of people in their late 20s or, or younger. I hope it's not that. I hope so, I'm so not, too. I'm not going to jump to that right just yet, but I think it's something to keep an eye on. Yes, and I, and I will say, too, 
if you are that person, that TikTok person, either making that content or absorbing that content, and you have no historical context, and you compare the United States to a non-existent utopia, it's going to seem uniquely bad, and its flaws are going to seem uniquely bad. But if you know history, if you understand history, and you compare the United States to basically all of human history and every nation and government that has ever existed, you realize the United States is uniquely well-intentioned, even though it has very serious flaws, even though that the sin of slavery was so uh, egregious and, and unforgivable, but that now... The United States saw that sin, and enough people saw that sin and changed that. And has in its history done some harm in foreign policy as well. It's not just it's not just the mistakes we've yeah. made. There there have been a lot of things that we have done wrong, and I, I do believe it's okay. And in fact, it's, in my opinion, I think it's patriotic to be critical of your own country, to be able to... You have to, to otherwise to know, you're culty. Right, yes. You you can say, this is a great country, there are a lot of things about it, and people want to move here because it's great, and that be true, but also, there's a lot that we should acknowledge. We did do some things, and do still, things that are not good, right. and do hurt other people. We talked to Major Garrett about this today. We need to understand their doubts, and we need to reach out to them and explain to them the core benefits and the resiliency and the perpetuating nature of the American experiment to get them to understand why this system is not only different, but to my way of thinking, and I believe your way of thinking, and most people who can hear my voice way of thinking, better. We need to take the time to understand their skepticism is hardening. And we've got to reach out to them and explain in our own words why, though not perfect and sometimes dissatisfying, is so much better than any other conceived or conceivable alternative. And it is, mm-hmm. some of this behavior is idiotic. I think there are people who probably have good intentions when they're 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 seeing this video and they're, they're uh, trying to be critical of their own country. That's fine, but you have to have context. And TikTok does not provide context. And people need to stop looking for their news from TikTok. But I understand we're talking about young generations here. We also discussed the uh, protest at the DNC, which turned violent last night. And as Major told us, there's uh, conflicting um, uh, stories on that of why it went the way it did. But about 150 people, um, anti-war protesters, basically. And um, things got violent. There were some Capitol officers that were injured. And I imagine that... A lot of the people who were working last night were also working January 6th and probably are, I don't know, I don't know if gun shy is the right word, but I'm sure they're hypersensitive to any sort of mass gathering. Well, yeah, and the DNC headquarters had to be evacuated because it is scary because the protesters not only got violent and were pepper spraying police officers, but they were dragging dumpsters to block the exits, which is problematic on a lot of reasons. Yes, that's a thing that needs to be understood. Protesting is fine. They knew there were going to be protests last night, and that's acceptable. It's legal to do that. It is not legal to block entrances. It's mm-hmm. That is an illegal act. It's it's not legal to block entire interstates. Well, so if, and I think it's a very similar idea. When you are protesting something and you want your message to be heard, 
yes, it does matter the manner in which you're delivering that message if you're trying to change minds. And that's going on right now, or this morning, I should say, in Montreal, pro-Palestinian protesters blockaded the largest commuter bridge in Montreal, which is a huge issue. It's illegal. I mean, you should be arrested for blocking the largest commuter bridge in interstate. People can't get to the hospital. They can't get to work. I mean, lives are at stake there. Yeah, you're going to lose every single time. Um, Especially the public relations battle. You lose that every Mm. single time. Lavelle Crawford, comedian from St. Louis, coming back to St. Louis. I I love my hometown. I'm a Cardinals fan to a die. You know, uh, you know, it's always good to come home. I get to come home for thank for the Thanksgiving weekend. Mama, she cooks like she's the only one in our house, but she cooks like she got an army of three thousand. So there's gonna be plenty of food, and it's going you know see my family and you know just be engaging to everybody I know and grew up with. So it's it's a great time. You know, it's always good to come home. Uh, Lavelle Crawford will be at Helium Comedy Club the 24th, 25th, and 26th of this month. So that is next weekend. And uh, there are tickets available at Helium Comedy Club. So just Google it and uh, get yourself some tickets to see a guy who was in uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul as well. Uh, When we come back, we are going to visit with uh, St. Charles County. Um, the Well, at the president and CEO of International Institute of St. Louis after the St. Charles County resolution on migrants happened earlier this week. Ari Obenson will be with us when we come back on KMOX. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. This is a resolution that got put together by some of my fellow council members. And uh, I would say I appreciate what they were trying to do, but the method that they went about doing it was very poor. That is St. Charles County Councilman Mike Elam talking about uh, a resolution earlier this week. There's some opposition to uh, bringing Latin American migrants to the St. Louis area. And joining us to talk about that on the Quiver River Electric guest line this afternoon, it is the president and CEO of International Institute of St. Louis, Ari Obenson, with us on KMOX. We appreciate your time today. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. So from your perspective, what happened this week? Well, from our perspective, we believe that uh, a a misunderstanding and mischaracterization of the nature of the work that we, we do here at the International Institute. That's what happened. We, 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 uh, looking at the moment as a teachable moment for all of us on the one hand uh, that we it's incumbent on us the international institute um, to to reach out and communicate and educate people about our work Um, it's also um, on the other hand um, an opportunity for community leaders um, to to understand our work and know why we need to work together 
to have a more welcoming and prosperous St. Louis. Ari, and also you talked about miscommunication and misunderstanding. It sounded like there were a couple of people on the St. Charles County Council that backed this resolution, but others that thought the language uh, was wrong, unclear, and incorrect because, as you mentioned, the immigrants that would be sponsored by the International Institute would all be here legally. Yes, absolutely. We we had four sponsors of this resolution, um, and we, which we found out on, on Friday before the Monday in which it was coming up. Um, clearly, uh, the 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 content of the resolution was, as we um, have held out, a, a mischaracterization of our work and probably a misunderstanding of the nature of the work that uh, we 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 do. Um, we we reached out. We 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 reached out to all the sponsors, um, explaining to them what the Latino outreach program is and why this program is necessary for St. Louis, and how this program is going to support those who come here to this community and create a pathway for them to be self-sufficient, to be successful, and to help this community, help fill the gaps that we're facing um, in, in the workforce in this community. The resolution is, uh, the opposition basically from the resolution is they don't want illegal immigrants coming to the St. Louis area. They'd be coming from Chicago. Um, why is why is there a feeling that that is what's going to happen here, that those coming are illegal and and don't have the proper paperwork? Yeah, th- this is quite interesting because if that was the idea, there's no reason why we don't have them here already. If, it, if that was the idea was to bring illegal people down here, we would already have them. But that's not the idea. This program is really based on the Biden administration's private sponsorship initiative that has opened the door to about 300,000 um, um Latinos from four particular countries, Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, to come to the United States. They are in the United States across the country. We're trying to capitalize on the fact that just arriving, they don't have deep roots in other communities. If we provide them some support, they can see St. Louis as a place to be. They are in Chicago. They are in in other parts of the country. And basically, we went to Chicago to work with the city of Chicago to identify those who meet our our our, our eligibility standards, so that those are the people that we can bring down here to be part of this program. So it is a process; it doesn't just um, happen overnight. It's also interesting for people to know that the Biden administration also granted what they call temporary protective status to 467,000 Venezuelans who are currently in the United States and are now eligible uh, to work. That's also the group that we're looking to bring um, to to St. Louis. Everyone that we're attracting here is one that meets our eligibility requirement, which is be eligible to work in the United States. You talked about the support for those that the International Institute would sponsor. Can you walk me through 
some of what that support entails. When I put myself in a position of being in a new country, trying to find a job, make sure I have the paperwork, maybe I don't speak the language very well yet and I have to find an apartment, it seems overwhelming. What does the International Institute do to help make sure these people have a firm foundation as they start uh, living here in St. Louis? Well, thank you for that question. It's, it's, this is what the International Institute has been doing for many years. And more recently, this is what we did to support the Afghans who came into St. Louis. We're, we're really using um, the experience with the Afghans to, to, to support this initiative. We know housing is the biggest challenge that anyone faces. It begins with shelter. So this program actually provides up to three months of housing, giving us an opportunity to give people shelter. And then the next step is identifying their skill sets and putting them into a pre-apprenticeship program that we are working with the trade unions to develop in Spanish that will enable them acquire the minimum skills that can get them started in one of the 15 trades that are offered. We're also working with other employers that have training programs so that we can put people through a three to six weeks training program that gives them skill sets. Simultaneously, we're also going to be providing English classes, because many of these people will not be able to speak English, so we're offering that. Communication is extremely important. We used to think that cell phones and internet was a luxury. Now it's a necessity. So we are also providing up to six months of free um, internet service an unlimited data phone program in a partnership that we have developed with T-Mobile to be able to support them. We also have ramped up our immigration services to be able to support any needs that they may have in terms of immigration, um, which is all part of the process when you move into this country. There are things that you make, simple things like the need for you to have a change of address as an immigrant, there is an immigration process. And so we need to be able to support them with that. Those are, in the ballpark, that's what we are offering to be able to make the path smooth for them. Now, they may also benefit from the other programs that we have here at the International Institute, but those largely depend on a case-by-case basis. R.A. Obinson, uh, President and CEO of International Institute of St. Louis, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you for talking with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. That is R.A. Obinson with us here on KMOX. I have tickets to give away. We have tickets. It's this oh, is a, yeah, come it's you on. and me. It's not just me. Well, you got them in your back pocket? No, they're in the vault. Oh, yeah, the KMOX the ticket KMOX vault. The KMOX ticket vault. Yeah. Here's how we're going to do this. Are you ready? Yeah. We are looking for caller number 18. Oh. 314-436-7900. You'll get to see the Eagles at Enterprise Center February 6th. Caller number 18. Good luck. A congratulations to Kenny in Pacific, Missouri. 
Kenny and Pacific, the good old Franklin County. Yeah, and uh, Kenny's going to go see the Eagles or gift them to somebody. This would no, be a really... Get, oh, my gosh, no. Be, it'd be a great gift to... Um, well, it would, but you're winning you it for about. yourself. Do you buy things for yourself in the... Okay, so we're a little over a month away from Christmas. Mm-hmm. We are, what, mm-hmm. six weeks? Oh, my Almost. gosh. Wow. Almost. Okay. Do you ever... Uh, five and a half weeks. Do you buy things for yourself... And I'm talking like beyond food, mm-hmm. clothing items, electronics, whatever, luxuries. Okay. Do you do that kind of thing for yourself before Christmas? Okay. This is a big problem. Okay. Okay. Because I have a budget for Christmas shopping. Yeah. And what happens is when I go Christmas shopping, I find things that I really like for myself. And sometimes I buy them. And then that's a problem because I should be shopping for other people. So, some, you know, I love going to the mall, the Galeria, the St. Louis Galeria. Love going there. And I go there. And sometimes I don't go there because I am on a budget and I need it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to yep. go. You don't want to put yourself in, in temptation. like, way. I have to buy this. It's right. It's on sale. I have to. It's like if you're trying not to drink, you don't want to hang out at a liquor store. So I don't go to the mall. I don't go to certain places like Target sometimes because Target's a very dangerous place. I don't go there, so I'm not in temptation's way. Well, anyway, when you Christmas shop, you go there. Mm-hmm. And then you find things mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Then you have to adjust the Christmas budget, which is super selfish. Well, but <sighs> it's it's not. Yeah. Think of it. Well, it is, but it's also, I think it's acceptable. Here's why. So, Okay. Whatever you get for anybody, yeah, whether it's your family, whether it's for me, or for me, mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. people are just happy with the thought. They're happy <laughs> that you thought of them enough to buy them a gift. Anything. It could be anything. I guess. It could be a sack of quarters. You know... People Small do sack, need quarters. Really tiny, yeah. People do need quarters. Here's no, they don't. Here's When's where the last I'm in time trouble? you've needed a quarter? Well, see, I used to park at parking meters. Okay, well now that you have an app. Yeah, now you have an app. Okay, here's the thing. Oh, I know. I had a back in the day. I had a coin-operated washing machine in my apartment, and I mean back in the day by 2022. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was rough. But here's here's the thing. I used to I used to justify my purchases for myself by saying, "Amy, you're single. Uh-oh. Everyone else is floating around out here with dates, boyfriends, husbands, right? They could buy them gifts. They're living the good life. Yeah, you're right. alone, Amy. You're <laughs> sad and alone. You deserve this." But now I have mason jar. And I'm very happy and I'm not alone. Kind of feels I like st- you're taking a shot at me right now. Well, no, but I still like to shop. You know what I mean? So I can't yes. justify it anymore. Okay. Because I used to just, like, you can justify it. You're sad and alone. Yeah. That's how I used to justify it. Now I'm not. So I just have to say, you're happy. You should buy that coat. <laughs> See? I need this coat. Yeah. It's going to be cold. It's the same thing as why we weeks. were saying we don't need bridal showers. You need single showers. Meaning, yes. You, like, Ranji, you made it to 40. Thank you, you live alone. You've been supporting yourself. And I think your friend should buy you new Williams-Sonoma dishes. You're pathetic. You deserve a gift. Right. Versus now, like, here's my friends. Now they're two-income household, households. Correct. Why am I, a single lady, 
buying them Williams-Sonoma dishes. You shouldn't. I need new stuff. But now, again, I can't say that anymore because uh, I'm happy and I'm with Mason Jar. Well, I know this. So For you, me, yeah. when I buy you a gift, yeah. that is a that is a terrible investment for me. Buying me a gift? That's right. Why is that? A wedding gift? Yeah. Horrible investment. No, what, it's good. Where's the return on that Here's, investment? You work with me every day. If you buy me a nice gift, it will make me happy, which makes me pleasant and have a better attitude for you to work with every for day. For a day? No. Shopping is the gift that keeps on giving. When we get closer to your wedding, we're going to have to do a, some sort of listener poll because I need to know. Yeah. How much I have to spend on you. I moved my wedding date for you. You did not. You were you had other conflicts. No, we moved it for you. You liar. He couldn't make folks. This guy has the nerve to be busy on the day I was gonna get married. I'm sorry. So we changed the date for him. I had another wedding. It's a family member. I have to go. Well. So I'll do it for Pam. Listen, here's what I'm gonna tell you right now. I will get you a gift. It's not going to be much. Yeah. And you better not send me a thank you card. Oh, I, I will. Hate, I hate thank you cards. They make you feel guilty just for not it, thinking more, no, having be, a more thoughtful gift. No, because it just makes more work for me. Why? Because I have to go find a place to recycle it. I don't want anything. I hate thank you cards. Um, it's such a waste of time. I'm giving you two. Thank you for coming to my wedding. Thanks for listening to the show. We're back tomorrow, 10 <laughs> o'clock. Uh, yeah, SLU basketball is coming up next. They're taking on Wyoming. Go Billikens. Go Billikens. Everything you missed on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it, KMOX.com. Chris and Amy, back tomorrow at 10. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.